Summer is around the corner. Did you know you should slowly increase your employees' exposure to the summer heat over several days so they can acclimate to the temperature? Or that outdoor employees working in heat should drink six ounces of water every 15 minutes, regardless of whether they feel thirsty? Knowing the right steps to take to prevent heat-related illnesses is how you protect your people and your business. And Texas Mutual Insurance Company can help. They created the Texas Green Industry Safety Group, specifically for businesses like yours. Group members have access to customized safety resources and save an average of 12% on workers' comp premiums. Plus, you'll have the chance to earn an extra dividend every year. Ready to get started? Talk to your agent about joining or visit texasmutual.com slash texasgreenindustry to learn more. Well, thanks, folks, for joining us, and welcome back to the TNLA Green Report. I'm your host, Ryan Skrbarczyk, and this is another episode in our series of board member spotlights. We're privileged to have with us today Rochelle Kemp with R&R Landscaping out of Waco. Rochelle, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So, Rochelle, um, this is an opportunity for our members and, and the broader public who subscribe to the show to have a chance to meet some of our board members they haven't had a chance to meet personally. Uh, I would encourage anybody who uh, hasn't met a TNLA board member, make sure you're coming to Expo in August. So that way you'll have an opportunity to meet these fine folks who represent and serve on behalf of the entire state's green industry. But Rochelle, you are also um, our incoming uh, chair on the board. That's so, correct. As of July 1st. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's going to be an exciting time for you. It'll be, it will be your expo in your term as, as board chairwoman. And so I want to, I want to maybe help people kind of figure out, you know, who you are, what your background is. So how did you get started in, in the green industry? Um, well, in the green industry, I guess really kind of started when I was a small child helping my grandmother in the garden and my dad. They both had very large gardens. But uh, I started my own business when I was a freshman in high school. We, my brother and I, we uh, started mowing and uh, kind of grew from there. Then uh, I wanted to further my business. So I went into business school for a little while and realized that business is good. And it's good to know business, but it was not my passion. So I switched over to architecture and then landscape horticulture. And so I've done just about everything in the industry. I've uh, worked with a grower. I am a grower. Uh, with landscaping, I do floral work. I grow vegetables commercially still. Oh. We're still doing that and a uh, little of everything. Really, I've taught it. I taught landscape design for over 10 years. Um, worked in, you know, various garden clubs and speaking. I've taught science classes for other schools. Just about everything in the industry you can do. That's pretty robust. Probably a lot more than than some of uh, some folks in the green industry. But it, I think what is common, that at least that I've seen, is that there's just this underlying passion for you know, the industry for horticulture in general. And obviously that's reflected in, in all the various ways you've been involved in, in different careers over the years. Right. It is absolutely my passion. It's what gives me joy. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, uh, my parents were not real fond of me going into horticulture. They didn't think there was any <laughs> money there, but <laughs> there definitely is. Um, and I've always told my children, follow your passion. The money will, will, will come later, but follow your passion. Because when people see you're happy at what you're doing, it makes them happy. Yeah. And when your clients are happy, then they uh, refer you to other people and that's how your business grows. 
Well, I want to come back to that because I think that's a that's probably an ongoing um, challenge for the green industry, like everything else is, is that initial parent conversation. But before we do that, let's talk about how did you get involved with TNLA as an organization? Uh, my very first exposure to TNLA was actually at the expo. Of course, back then we called it the Texas Association of Nurserymen. Um, the TAN and, show. Uh, Yes, the tan show, but a lot of people, when I say tan show, would ask me, oh, they, do they have tanning beds there? You know, they, they didn't understand what it meant. But anyway, I was a college student and um, I remember going, uh, we went on a field trip with uh, with one of the professors, Dr. Chris, who was teaching our entrepreneurship class and leadership class. And uh, she took us there so that she said, you know, I want, I want y'all to see what leaders in the industry um what they know, um, how they speak, how they communicate, you know, with other people, um, all the things that they did. And so we went to a lot of the discussions and the classes, which have grown exponentially, the classes have, um, you know, there's only just, you know, a handful back then. Um, but anyway, I remember sitting there going, man, this is an awesome group. So it started just as a student. Now it's full circle. And I'm the one that's going to be on the podium, and I hope that I can inspire um, young people or, you know, anyone really that wants to be in the industry and follow their passion to continue to do so. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you um, were obviously involved and then have have been how many years on the state board? Uh, Amy and I are talking about that. I'm not sure. <laughs> Quite a few. <laughs> uh, it started with, uh, I was on the certification committee, I believe was the first committee I served. Um, and then it, it kind of grew from there. Went, you know, a couple different committees. And then I was invited to the board and uh, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I, but to be honest with you, I can't remember how many years it is. Yeah. Well, how many years it's... I've been on Hopefully it's also uh, just part of that passion for serving the green industry and, and being a part of it. So let's talk a little bit about, and you know, your, your perspective, you have that vantage point of being on the board, uh, listening into a lot of the conversations of your colleagues in the industry, you know, what, what's plaguing them, what they're working on, what they see off in the future. And also, you know, the work that the TNLA staff do. So what what kind of issues do you see coming up for the green industry, probably in the time that you'll be chair, you know, over the next year, starting in in July, but I, but even beyond that? I mean, what are what are some of the issues that you're you're aware of that you're kind of watching? Um, of course, labor is always in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody always brings up labor. Uh, number two, I think, is going to be water. That's becoming uh, it's just been important that uh, more and more people are, are focusing on, uh, you know, water-related, uh, whether it be plant material or how you repurpose your water. I think water is going to be, uh, continue to be a, a, a large topic for us in the future. And um, also education. I don't think education ever stops. For yeah. me, I mean, like I said, I've been in this since I was 14 years old, which is a long time. And I don't think I've ever stopped learning. I, I think you have to, especially in this industry. I mean, look at all the new plant material that comes out every year or new products or a better way of doing it or more efficient or safer. Um, I, th- I think all those are part of it. I, I can tell you just from firsthand experience from just this week, 
uh, I think we need to focus uh, more on safety as well. A uh, local company lost a uh, crew member due mm. to heat exhaustion uh, last week. And, you know, it's it's really hit to the core for all of us here in, in the area. Uh, you know, it, 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 it shouldn't take something like that for you to refocus. Okay. You know, because we've had what? Heat index 118, 120 degrees. Sure. Uh, you always safety should be number one every day. Mm-hmm. It should be number one every day for you and your crew. But uh, I think education. I think that's part of the education. So I think we're going to continue to grow in um, concerns with labor, water, and we need to continue the education. Well, let's talk. So let's break those each down a little bit, if you, if you don't mind the. The labor conversation, you you spoke to it earlier uh, about trying to help youth, trying to help young people who are who are looking at this uh, this industry. Obviously, you know, the H2B program, the H2A program will continue to be critical to the overall workforce of the green industry being its seasonality and it's just labor intensive nature. But the, you know there is a there is I I think and I think the board has has taken this direction. There is an onus and responsibility on the industry itself to make sure that we're recruiting that next generation uh, and and also illustrate for them the appeal of being in the green industry. Uh, you know, and you talked about the the time you served in the classroom as well, educating and just right. the importance of that. So I mean, what do you where do you think? Um, maybe some misconceptions. I mean, you obviously had a story with your own parents and what they thought about the horticulture industry and how, and how do we, how do we combat that? How do we get after that? Yeah, I think that's part of that education, but we need to start them start young. I know, uh, you know, we have the young leaders that comes to uh, expo. Mm-hmm. And I remember I sat with a group of them and uh, at first, you know, they weren't really interested. Okay. What can I do in the industry? Well, one of the gentlemen wanted to be a doctor. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I said, well, what kind of doctor do you want to be? And he said, well, I want to, I want to work with natural ingredients. And I said, well, that's horticulture. You, you're going to have to learn plant material, the properties of plants, you know, what, what mixes well together, what works for, you know, different things, whether it helps you sleep or helps you with allergies or things like that. And he really came around and he goes, you know what, I do need to know if I'm going to be a natural, holistic, I think, doctor is what he was yeah. uh, talking about. But he goes, you're right. So sometimes it's not that I want to take away their passion, but I want them to see how important our industry is for their passion uh, to help them help them look forward. But you're right. We, we as an industry need to help the young people as well with, okay, what can I do? I love working with plants or, or whatever their passion is. I like working outdoors. I like to draw. I like to take picture, you know, photography, all of those things uh, I enjoyed as well. I just had to find my niche. Mine happened to be landscape design. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy, I can, I can bring all those things that I like together and uh, enjoy it and, and make other people smile. But as far as educating the young people and helping them, we need to start them young. When they're very young, a, a couple that I met with today, um, they were talking about their great granddaughter is enjoying being outdoors with them. And they were asking me, what can we do to help encourage her to enjoy being outdoors more? And uh, so, you know, I gave them some ideas. Um, the, one, of the, one of the cool things they're starting to talk about now and the research is coming out, uh, they're calling it grounding. They're saying that you need to walk outside barefoot 20 minutes a day. 
and it mm. helps build your immune system. And uh, so we talked about that a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I said, well, you know, help her identify going from a caterpillar to a butterfly and, you know, different aspects of, of the outdoors. And who knows, she might be an entomologist someday, you know, sure. just from their encouragement. But uh, it, it does start um, from home, it, it helps. And then uh, schools, you know, when we have, uh, again, the education at school, like, you know, what, what, um, what you guys on the staff are working for or to the teachers helping mm-hmm. with, with uh, the certification. Yeah. yeah, the certification. I, I've been fighting for that for a while, you know, being a teacher and, and learning partly from home. Uh, again, uh, for my grandmother, and my dad outside gardening. But the, I guess one of the messages I would give to them is, again, find what you love to do. And I promise you that I can show you how you can incorporate our industry into what whatever your passion is. Any oh, absolutely. Of it, anything. Well, that, that grounding walk, that 20 minute walk outdoors barefoot is a lot more pleasant on a well landscaped uh, area than, <laughs> than one that's not right. So absolutely. Well, you know, think of the kids that are growing up in the city, you can't mm-hmm. go outside and walk on concrete barefoot right now. You, you would burn your feet. So oh, right. it encourages green space, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I know for a while, uh, rooftop, uh, uh green gardens were, was big. I'll be honest with you, you know what I'm seeing now uh, in the research is they're coming back around from the 80s when I was in school, uh, interior scape, you know, the, mm-hmm. the importance of having live plants to help clean the air, that has made a full circle as well. It's, it was really big in the 80s when I was in school. In fact, I'm, I'm specializing in interior and landscape, but also interior scape. And that's come back around. They're showing how important it is to have live plants inside to help clean the air so it you know you breathe in clean air and then when you walk on the on the outside grass or or you know a well landscaped area you're just gonna be a healthier person absolutely well and i appreciate you mentioning the certification work we're doing the the sarah uh who's our director of education and certifications um developing curriculum for high school teachers talking you know kind of getting at that angle where you're saying you got to um have the have kids or or youth who are growing up and exploring those career opportunities recognize the opportunities that are there. The only way they do that is exposure to um, all the facets of the industry. So we're excited. Uh, hope that that hope that that curriculum really continues to take off. We're obviously one of the approved certifications for public schools to teach, and that was a big big push. And you know, I know yes. you 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 on the board were one of the driving forces to continue going down that road. I remember my very first board meeting. You know, you'd talked about kind of the the fall off that horticulture has had at a lot of our higher education institutions and how we need to rekindle that and make sure that, uh, you know, we, we keep those programs strong, those programs strong because those uh, graduates end up becoming the workforce of the green industry. Absolutely. So, and, and not everybody's exposed to it at home like I was. Sure. You know, not not everybody's parents are interested in the outdoors or gardening. Uh, of course, gardening is coming is it's always been one of the top hobbies, but now people are really focused, uh, you know, after COVID and, right. and chain supply issues and things like that, people are really starting to focus more on their food source. And what better way to teach our young people to look forward to the future 
than teach, you know, helping them learn. I remember even my college students, we uh, grew garden. Um, uh, each one of them would have a garden plot. And you'd be surprised how many of them didn't know that Brussels sprouts are actually the nodes on a stalk. They <laughs> <laughs> didn't know that. And and I get asked all the time, well, do potatoes, you know, are they in the ground? Yes, they grow on the ground and blueberries are on a, you know, on a bush and, yeah. uh, you know, but it's fun. Once they realize that, they actually yeah. have fun with it. It can be very enjoyable. Well, let's yes. jump to water real quick, because it's obviously okay. going to be a continuing issue for the state. Um, you know, we we just got out of a legislative session where, um, you know, we had an historic uh, surplus on the budget. And we invested a little over, I mean, a billion dollars in new water um, and water infrastructure build out. Um, it's an important step. But the reality is Texas is just continuing to grow. And unless we build out some significant infrastructure, the the issue of water, water curtailment, water use in the landscapes is only going to be one that um, grows more and more in relevance. I think I'm assuming that's what you were getting at when you mentioned how water will will always be an issue for us. Yes. Um, but you know, talk to us more about kind of what you're seeing out there in the field and the way that that wa- the water or maybe the lack thereof is is impacting the industry. Uh, it definitely has changed. Uh, landscape design. Um, I'm not hearing so much uh, necessarily xeriscape. They just want plants that one don't require much water, which I've I've heard that over the years. But now um, people are wanting to you know like recycle their water somehow or use less water, which is a good thing. That obviously the message is getting out. We need to be wise about our water. Um, of course, the you know some of them. Uh, Depending on where they are, but they've had to had to uh, work their water schedule around. Maybe only watering two days a week, maybe one day a week, and uh, you really find out what plants uh, do well in that situation. But what I try to stress to people is not just the plants; it's the soil. If you have healthy soil, it mm-hmm. helps your plants tremendously to do better. And I always. Uh, talk about organic matter. My student, any of my former students will tell you that whenever I had an essay on on the exams, if they had the words organic matter in there, they would at least get some points. (laughs) (laughs) It's so important to have good organic matter in your soil and and that helps. Um, I have talked to a lot of people, even if they don't want an irrigation system, that um, you know, soaker hoses are ideal. There are timer. I mean, there's things out there that there are timers. If if they're tech savvy, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. You know, you can set all that up on your phone. So there's ways to make it easy and wise and be smart about it at the same time. Um, but it has changed uh, the way people think, um, how uh, plant material. I'm not getting as many requests, you know, for instance, for tropicals. People still want annuals, you know, the, the plants we have to replant every year. I just planted, mm-hmm. um, what, about 20 flats yesterday for a client. But she wanted, uh, it's a business, and she wanted an instant show, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did talk about, okay, how long there's going to last, what kind of water she needs. Luckily, they were asking, you know, how much water does this magnolia tree need? How much does this need? So people are paying more attention to it, which I think is good. We're yeah. not as wasteful right. as we were. But I agree with you completely on the infrastructure. Um, with more and more people moving 
uh, to Texas, all parts of Texas, uh, we have to be smart about uh, the landscaping and, and the water, how we're using it, how often we're using it, just be smart about it. Right. And I think that's key. Being smart doesn't mean shutting it all off. It just means no. making the most efficient use of it. And, you know, we, we, uh, we've been involved with several municipalities as they're contemplating new ordinances on landscape and irrigation. And, that, and that's really been central to the message is it's really not the plants, the landscape necessarily that waste water as much as it is an ill-informed consumer and how they think they have to water it in order to maintain it. And you just spoke to that. I mean, having those conversations with your customers are so important. Lucky, lucky if the customer is savvy enough to ask the question, you know, how much do I need to water this? What's, you know, what, what is the minimum I can get by to sustain this through the summer, that kind of thing. Um, and because those are the conversations I feel like our industry needs to continue to have. Um, a lot of people trust their landscape contractor um, and their designer maybe more than they do some of the other local authorities on what their landscapes need. And so that's a, that's a big responsibility our industry has, but it's also an opportunity to again, educate and hopefully build um, somebody who sees success in their landscape. Cause then you got a lifelong customer, right? I mean, I'm assuming right. those are the types of people they're happy with their landscape. You're coming back to do maintenance. You're coming back to, you know, do service on their irrigation system and everything. So. Right. Right. And it, it's a hard conversation sometimes. For instance, I had a, a young couple yesterday, their first home. I was, you know, they're excited. I'm excited for them. And they want to saw the backyard. So we talked about, you know, what kind of grass they want mm -hmm. uh, and those type of things. And then I had to have that hard question conversation. How do you plan to irrigate? Right. How do you plan on watering this? Because I could tell they didn't have an irrigation system. And they said, well, we plan on, um, you know, like our grandparents did putting hoses in the oscillating or the you know the the different type of sprinklers and i said you can do that because you're right our grandparents did do that but somebody has to stay on top of it so it, right. you know we'll have to help you with a schedule but um you know sometimes it's a hard conversation you just have to ask them what have y'all thought about water you know what how are you going to water what are you going to use and and just help again it's a lot of it's education but communication as well because you're right, somebody has to start the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and it may not be something the customer always thinks about. Um, you don't want to downplay their excitement, you know, but it is, I want them to be successful with their first yard and water is going to be critical. Absolutely. Well, you've mentioned it several times already in our conversation is the, the need for education. And I think initially you were talking about the need for education in our industry you know, which TNLA plays a, a big, big role in, in, and the believers in continuing education for professionals in this industry are hopefully taking advantage of the opportunities that, you know, we and, and other um, industry leaders provide when it comes to that uh, ever evolving nature of success in the green industry and, and, and all of the facets we've talked about. Well, there'll be some opportunities at, um, at Expo, obviously, there'll be opportunities at the TNLA Hort Forum in January. And, you know, throughout the year in our publications and, and online webinars, but for you, what is, what has that continuing education meant as a business owner? I mean, when you apply that. Um, well, for instance, during COVID, y'all kept my business alive. You kept me on top of what, uh, you know, what the state was going to do, what even the local, um, you know, local governing uh, 
you know, what they were going to do. I was educating right. others based on the information I got through TNLA. Um, you know, sometimes we, we discuss in the board, you know, what, what more can we do to add value right, mm-hmm. for, for a member for TNLA? And one of my first thoughts, well, first, again, when I was a student and came through, but the networking that TNLA provides and the, again, the education, y'all as a, as a staff are just awesome about the education, staying on top of things. Again, during, during uh, COVID, I wouldn't have been able, like, for instance, when y'all said that um, we're supposed to uh, supply, you know, the mask and um, the, um, like, uh, anti, or the, the hand sanitizer, yeah, the hand sanitizer and the wipes, you did the wipes. Well, the guys still to this day want those wipes, even though it's not something we have to do, but they realize, you know what, this is really better for us. So it, it has a domino effect, but the, to me, that's been, a, was crucial for my business. And I wouldn't have gotten that information anywhere else. And at, the, at that time, at the beginning of COVID, I was still in the corporate world uh, in the industry and was sharing that information and they were not getting it from anywhere else. Wow. No one else had the top of the line information that you guys did. And um, I was able to share that with them so that, you know, all of the customers for that corporation were able to stay on top of things nationwide, not just in Texas, but nationwide. Yeah. Well, COVID was certainly unique. Um, uh, and I hope we don't ever have to go back to those days, but I appreciate that because what's not unique to that situation is the fact that we do try as an organization to provide the most up-to-date and relevant information to our membership. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's that networking aspect. It allows us to keep engaged with our members and our members to engage with others. And that's how we, you know, we find out what's important to y'all and, and go after it as an organization. And I mean, y'all just seen that countless, countless times uh, in your time on the board. Well, are there any most recent would probably be like the gas powered, right? Yeah. Absolutely. That was huge. Where would we be today if TNLA hadn't gotten involved in that? To help, to help. Yeah. Well, and it, and it, it's it, huge. It, and I and I know that a lot of people didn't even know about it until TNLA brought it to their attention. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think a lot of people for on that particular issue didn't realize or didn't think that now nah, this isn't that's not real. I mean, this isn't going to happen in right. a state like Texas. <laughs> right. We're in Texas. And, that isn't going to happen. But and it was going to happen. Right. Those things unfold quickly. And, and you know, we try to keep a watchful eye on every avenue that something like that can happen so we can respond. And a big part of that is we're only successful as successful um, as we can be if our members engage. Luckily, the Dallas you know region really stepped it up. And then Everyone who came to Austin with the uh, TNLA Legislative Day played a role in the success of that of that bill passing. I think that was a great opportunity that that experience for our members to really see what the association does for their business, and also for the legislature in that instance to see how big and and engaged and diverse the uh, landscape or nursery industry is. I mean, how robust the green industry is and all of the various people, their constituents who are involved in it. That, and how much that, money we bring to the table for the state. Absolutely. That a lot of them don't realize, but um, if, if there was one message that I would give as, as chair was get involved. You know, it, it, 
you, you get out of it what you put into it. And those legislative days are huge. Uh, I enjoy them because I always, always learn so many things, meet, you know, again, it, it's not just about networking, but uh, I'll give you, for instance, uh, on that day, I was kind of whining because I couldn't find a particular plant that I was looking for, and I needed a lot of it, like hundreds and hundreds of flats. Well, one of the growers overheard me and goes, you know, I think we have some. He makes a phone call, and I have a new source for plant material. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's not just about... Uh, uh, I mean, it's not just about my individual business, but the, the idea is the networking that you're going to get and being involved, staying on top of what's going on in the industry. And TNLA, again, it's always on top of anything in our industry, all facets of it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a great segue because I do want to uh, wrap up our show to kind of talking about any recommendations you have for industry members, how to get involved with TNLA. You know, I'm new or maybe I've been in the industry a while and our company just joined Um or we're looking at joining. I mean, how, how does somebody, what would you recommend to someone looking to get engaged with TNLA? Um, I actually have a gentleman here locally in a nursery and the, his, the nursery used to be members, but they're not now, but he wants to be, and then they'll get involved again, I'm sure. So honestly, what I did was the mailer that, that you guys sent me for the expo. Mm -hmm. I gave him a copy of that and he was going to, you know, it talks about the different classes and things that we're going to be offering at expo. And he goes, Oh my God, how do y'all put all this in so much time? I said, it happens. It, <laughs> we, we actually get all this done. And he goes, oh my, you cover everything. I said, yes. Between the classes and the booths and the, uh, you know, even, even the social events that we have, sure. you know, before, during, and after, those are amazing. But I absolutely recommend getting involved. If, if, if they haven't done anything, um, maybe come to the expo if that's even if that's their first visit and then um i think they need to check into their their local region sure um for the group and if if you know if you want to get even more involved volunteer to be on a committee again that's kind of how i got started with certification committee and the more i dived into what tnla was all about the more i went you know what this is awesome yeah. You know, as a student, you're just kind of bright eyed and, you know, it's, it's like going to the big show for the first time, right? You're just bright eyed about it. But the more I got involved, the more I was, you know, this, this is the real deal. Yeah. Um, Y'all know what's going on. Um, you keep the members informed and we have a fun time doing it. You know, there's always fun and in, involved in it because um, education when it's fun, you're, you remember it better. But the networking has been amazing over the years. I've gotten uh, people to work for me through TNLA. I've worked for people through TNLA, um, materials, and, and almost everything, um, insurance, all kinds of things Absolutely. that I've learned through TNLA as a member. Uh, the benefits go, the benefits uh, go on and on. And anybody who's interested in in a lot of those things that Rochelle just uh, touched on, you can find more on tnlaonline.org on the website and explore education opportunities, certification opportunities, member benefits, uh, all of our events that are going on, um, what we do in the advocacy space to protect and promote the the green industry. It's all there. And of course, our staff and 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 our wonderful board members are there to answer questions if you have them, you know, reach Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's something for everyone. Absolutely. Well, 
Rochelle, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we wish you a successful year ahead as you lead the TNLA State Board. And obviously, we're looking forward to the fun and festivities of Expo in August. And uh, we wish you well. Thanks so much. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to it as well. It's going to be an awesome year. Summer is around the corner. Did you know you should slowly increase your employees' exposure to the summer heat over several days so they can acclimate to the temperature? Or that outdoor employees working in heat should drink six ounces of water every 15 minutes, regardless of whether they feel thirsty? Knowing the right steps to take to prevent heat-related illnesses is how you protect your people and your business. And Texas Mutual Insurance Company can help. They created the Texas Green Industry Safety Group, specifically for businesses like yours. Group members have access to customized safety resources and save an average of 12% on workers' comp premiums. Plus, you'll have the chance to earn an extra dividend every year. Ready to get started? Talk to your agent about joining or visit TexasMutual.com slash Texas Green Industry to learn more.